0: There's no place like home. It's good to be back home. Praise the Lord. I just want to thank all of you who pray for me and my family, and I love you all so much. It is a joy uh, to pastor the best-looking church on the planet. Amen. And I make no apology at all. I will go toe-to-toe with any pastor who tries to disagree with that statement, I'll even pull out the Bible if I have to. Amen. But um, I'm super excited about this month. It's May 1st, and um, I just love God because it's because he is, because he is. And his, his love for us is, is absolutely amazing, it's totally amazing. Uh, let's pray, and I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 18 to 22. And those in the back, I'm going to go with the New Living Translation. I'm having the media team work this morning. Amen. I'm changing everything up on them. Um, We're going to go with the New Living Translation. uh, And so I'll wait for them to get that on the screen. Um, And I really believe that this word um, is going to um, equip some of you. Some of you need to be equipped. You do. You need to be equipped. God has given you tremendous influence. Um, who's that? Who, who, God has given you tremendous influence. And I'm going to pray that, um, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will walk in a deeper revelation of being equipped. That you won't be intimidated when you're invited to sit at the table. All right? That's for somebody. That's that's. He wants you to be equipped. He wants all of us to be equipped according to Ephesians 4, but I'm specifically declaring that, that some of you, um, God's favor is on your life, and he's allowing you to be placed at tables where you need to have the confidence to know you belong there, and, and so you're equipped. Some need to be a, a, equipped. Some need to be encouraged. Um, secret struggle. Not necessarily with sin, the s- secret struggle of this life. And you need to be encouraged. You're not giving up the faith. You're wrestling with the faith. And you need to be encouraged. What courage means to, to take heart. Uh, and so some need to be encouraged. And I'm glad you're here. And my prayer for you is that you will live under the facet, under the perpetual outpouring of God's grace to encourage you. That's it. I'm already flowing if you're wondering what am I doing. I'm flowing. That there's some of you right now, there's a grace that you need to live under. Um, Thirst for it. That's it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He wants you to thirst for it. This encouragement you need can only be satisfied by the well of Jesus. Be encouraged by it. Be encouraged by it. Be encouraged by it. And so, to equip and encourage you, I want to call someone who's going to give a testimony, um, just of God's grace and what He's doing. So, Karen, come on up here. If she wants to grab the mic. When a child is speaking, I'm going to listen. Amen. And um, we keep them in worship, so we might as well let them speak, right? Amen. You grab the mic. Hey, Amen. Just... <laughs> do it. Too. Hmm? Oh, come over here because the camera's we'll there. You go.
1: Okay. This is exciting, but. I asked Jesus to live in my heart and my mother was very excited and then I called my grandparents. So and their grandparents, my grandparents were very excited to hear it. And and I was I was proud of myself that I had done it before, but I'd never done it before. But right now I I just wanna tell you the speech, but this is this is very the end, but I like it when you have a great day, and happy May.
0: Amen. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) Amen. So be encouraged and equipped, because the Holy Spirit's equipped from a young age. So we're talking to her, and so she goes, I want to get baptized. We're like, okay. I said, but don't you want to share it when you get baptized? She goes, no, I want to share it now. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, a child shall lead them. Amen. That's why we have our children for worship. It's one of the reasons. Second reason why we have the children stay for worship is that I don't want anyone teaching my child who hasn't spent time in worship. Amen. So we want the teachers to be in worship before they go deal with some of our children. Amen. Come on, y'all know that. Fill them up, Lord, before my child comes. Amen. Right? And so thank God for that. And so equip, encourage. Equip, encourage. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 18 to 22. The prophet is speaking to a nation that is loved by God, that God declares is the apple of his eye. And from a prophetic perspective, we know that to be the nation of Israel. um, From a salvation perspective, it speaks to us as well. And so, the New Living Translation it really captures the emotions of this prophet Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, who also wrote the Book of Lamentation. And in verse eighteen, it says, "My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken." Verse 19, listen to the weeping of my people. It can be heard all across the land. Has the Lord abandoned Jerusalem? We can say, has the Lord abandoned America? The people ask, is her king no longer there? Oh, why have they provoked my anger with the carved idols and their worthless foreign gods? Says the Lord. Jeremiah 8 verse 20 has been the one that's really, uh, has captured my heart for probably over two decades. Listen to what the prophet says as he continues. The harvest is finished and the summer is gone. People tend to say, church consultants, that your summer is your slump. I declare that this summer is going to be the greatest harvest we've ever experienced. Come on. Come on. I believe equippers are going to connect with encouragers, and it's going to create revival. I believe that. Oh my God, I believe that. I believe that when the summer is over, you're going to say it was the greatest summer of my life. Because what God is saying, I'm come against those statistics. That's monitoring behavior. That's not promoting belief. The people cry, "You are not saved." 28, I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and I'm overcome with grief. 22 is where we're going to land and where we're going to spend the rest of our time together as we are going to unpack a prophetic word entitled, Walking in Wholeness. Is there no medicine in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why is there no healing for the wounds Of my people. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I need you. We need you. We need a word from you and not the thoughts of man. We need to be equipped and we need to be encouraged. And so, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place as you reveal to us the depth of walking in wholeness. For it is your will, Father, that we prosper. And glorify you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. And amen. I'm going to encourage you to to take notes. We have paper in the back and pen. Take some device. Watch this message again. What I don't want to do is complicate things. I don't want to do that. I I don't want to complicate things. I pray and I'm asking God that I can communicate effectively. But I would surrender that. To make sure I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. How you know that life is already complicated enough. And so I don't want to add any more complications to your life. I don't want to do that. The next thing I don't want to do is I don't want to confuse you. I don't want to do that as well. That's not my goal. That's not the goal of the prophets. The goal of the prophets is to challenge you to seek the face of God. That's the challenge, is to to seek the face of God. And so the face of God and to be in his presence, what he wants us to understand is this, is that we must get to a place where we know the will of God for our lives and our nation. We have to know what God's will is for our lives. It is required of us to know God's will for our lives. Why? Because God has given us a book that reveals his will. And his will is simply this, that we will know Jesus intimately. Excuse me. That is his will, that we will know Jesus intimately. And so, therefore, as we look at this, We can see from the beginning of Genesis, how you know that I'm going to go there, right? You know, Pastor always goes back to Genesis, that you must understand that it is God's will that we walk in wholeness. It's God's will. You can pray about it, but you can get the same answer. It is God's will that we walk in wholeness. For in Genesis, we read that God walked in the cool, of the day, this word walk has a variety of meanings, but how I'm using it is literally to walk is to do life together. It's being with God more than just doing things for God. It is walking in this wholeness. It is walking as we're going to die for the remainder of, of the month. We're going to really look at this word shalom, this word peace, what it really means to be whole, what it really means to have the peace of God, not just a peace of mind. It's really the peace of God that is what you want, not just the peace in your mind. You want the peace of God, knowing that you're walking in God's will because that's how your mind now gets peace. And so as we take a look at this, we understand, ready, that God created the whole person. He didn't create just a part of somebody. He created the whole person, write this down, body, spirit, and soul, God created in Genesis... And so the prophet in Jeremiah is going back and he says, my heart is grieved because somehow we are not functioning according to our design. He says we're not functioning according to our design and God God is consumed with this love for his people that God will do whatever is required. And we know that because God sent his only begotten son into this world. That he will do whatever it takes to, to win your affection. Here is God who should be worshipped all by himself. Still fights for your affection. You would think that because he's God, we would automatically worship him. And God realizes, no, that we have things that, 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 that distract us. Things that, that detour us. And here he's saying now, but I'm going to fight for your affection. I'm going to fight for you because you're mine. Because of my design. And so he says he creates the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. Why? To function ready in perfect health. Write that down. Perfect health. We're going to address that in the weeks to come. What does it really mean to have perfect health? So in this message of walking in wholeness, here's the two things then that will manifest, that will demonstrate that you're walking in In wholeness. Here they are. Ready? Number one. You receive your healing. That's the first thing. You receive your healing. And then number two. You then are in good health. So God's original design was this. That he created us. Body, soul, and spirit. According to Genesis chapter 2. That we would function in perfect health. Right, And so there are literally, I have discovered from reading the text that there are seven areas of health. And the number seven means completion or perfection. And so he's saying now, not from the way we look at the world's definition of being perfect. He says, no, that is holding you back from being complete. And so what he's saying is this now, you have to walk in wholeness so you will be Complete and you will function by receiving your healing. There are some of us that's overdue for your healing to manifest. Let me just pause there for a moment. Because the first of is receive your healing. And from the text, we are going to discover how God sees healing. Because in Genesis... When he created humanity in his perfection, there was no need for healing. Because they were in perfect health. Function in harmony, body, soul, and spirit. Come on. And so now we see that he always was Jehovah Rapha. Oh, come on. He always was. But his design was for you to walk in perfect health. Oh my God! For that's how he created us, mm. and so that's why when sickness comes to the body, God is aggressive in declaring that sickness to be gone. Oh, if you understand God's healing, and so we have churches don't pray for healing anymore. We're going to get to that. Two reasons why churches stop praying for healings: because number one, disappointment. It didn't work and they're discouraged. Or number two, it's a doctrine issue. And either way, the enemy is winning. Come on, somebody. Ooh. But we're going to look at the healer and he settles everything about this particular issue. The Bible is going to speak for itself because the prophet is weeping. The prophet is grieving. The prophet is saying, is there no physician? Is there no one who can bring healing to this nation? And so we have people asking that in the last two years has brought about the need to truly understand this concept of walking in wholeness of what it means to receive our healing and to be in good health. I've experienced someone close to my heart and the tragedy of a nervous breakdown or a mental health issue, what I call mental illness. I personally have experienced uh, driving all night in my car, filled my car with a tank of gas, driving around with someone in my car that didn't know where they put their car, didn't know the last place their car was. And I'm driving says, where do you think your car was? And we would drive here and we would drive over there and we would drive there told my fuel tank said empty and to fill it back up again. Paranoia struck them that we would drive someplace and they were like, don't go there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Someone's after me. I've seen what it does. And perhaps some of you have experienced that as well. Probably personally or someone you know, a loved one you know, that experienced a mental breakdown. A stigma in the church. Come on. And so we have people who are, who, who, who are dealing with, with shame. They're dealing with, with, with this, with this issue. And, and, and so therefore we have to address this because guess what? God wants us free. God wants us walk in wholeness. Come on. I can't read the scriptures without declaring that Jesus is a healer. And so therefore I'm going to preach it. Why? Because I love you too much for you to walk around wounded. When there's a healer in the house. So the prophet asked the question. Asked the same question. God help us. You see. As we explored this. The brain just shut down. Under the pressure. Of this individual keeping everything inside. Life. And the challenges. And the complications. That finally caused his brain. To just shut down. And so, where do we begin? Great question. Write this note down. Here's where we begin. We are all victims of the fall. We are all victims of the fall in need of healing. We are all victims of the fall. But if we stay there and don't seek healing, we become a victim and we become victimized. And therefore, we now become corrupt and we cause chaos in our own lives and the lives of other people. And so therefore, because God doesn't desire that, we must make a decision that we are in need of healing. We're in need of healing. A friend of mine, uh, w- w- one time, made the statement. Um, well, they said it uh, to Megan. They said this. They says, "You know what? It's okay to have a friend that you pay for." Talking about counseling, <laughs> it's okay that is a friend that you talk to and and you pay them. For- for, for, for counseling, I, I ordered a book. It was from uh, Dave Ramsey, and he had this author he was promoting, and it was called uh, uh, Own Your Past and, and Change Your Future, and, and I ordered. And so one of the bonus that they gave was this. I, I ordered the book, and, and it came. It was, it was a great deal. And, and, and so one of the things that came with the book was the audio version of it, but it also came with 30 days of free counseling. I mean, this, this, this thing's an epidemic now. This thing is massive. And so as the church, we have the answer. Come on, come on. We have the answer. So we're not intimidated by this. If you're intimidated, you're not going to process this properly. You can't be intimidated by it. Jesus wasn't intimidated by this. And so what we look at is this, is that we first begin as the church when people come in and they're saying, I've got these issues. The first thing we have to tell them with compassion is that we're all victims of the fall. But the question is, do you know you're in need of healing? That's the question right there. Are are you humble enough to say that obviously I don't have the power within my own humanity to fix this thing? Or I would. Nobody wakes up and say, you know, I'm just going to be horrible today. Who can I just be toxic to today? Nobody does that, as far as I'm aware. Right? Some may. You may debate that. But biblically, no one does that. So we're all victims of the fall. And so when we tell people we're not perfect, that's what we're speaking to. That we're all victims of the fall. But here's the catch though. We're all in need of healing. Because we left our perfect health. Th- that's important that we understand that because, because we want to be an answer. And we don't want to contribute to the problem, right? And so we want to take a, take a look at this. And so here's the deal. See, we, we lash out. We have these outbursts because we're victims of the fall. We place limits on ourselves because we're victims of the fall. We hurt ourselves through overdose or or through an addiction to try to numb the pain, right? And we all have our go-to thing that we do, right? For some, it could be the needle. For some, it could be food. For some, it could be porn. For some, it could be something else, right? And, and, and so we all have the thing that we go to secretly. <laughs> secretly, that we go to, video games. We just want to check out because we're a victim of the fall. And so what we have to understand is this, is that we hurt ourselves and others because when we go back to our parents, our original Parents, who is that? Adam and Eve. We understand that they had a broken communion with God. And so what happened was this unbelief entered in. It's unbelief. And so unbelief, write this down, is this is the result of the victim, being a victim of the fall. Ready for this? We live as men in disobedience and we live as females in being deceived. So when we are victimized because of the fall, we continue to stay in disobedience because we don't admit we need healing. And not all the time, but generally speaking, that's for the male. That's what Paul wrote and says that that Adam was disobedient. He wasn't deceived. Adam was given the instruction. So Adam was disobedient, but Eve was deceived. Eve was talking to the serpent, which she shouldn't have been talking to the serpent in the first place. And so she was deceived. And so Adam was disobedient. And so what happens now is that in realizing the need uh, because of the fall, they now shame came in, right? So shame is a result of sin. Shame is a result of shame. Shame is not your identity. Guilt is different from shame. I, I got to teach this thing, right? I got to teach this thing because the Holy Spirit will bring, will bring opportunities for you to be convicted that may sound like it's guilt. But he wants you not just to be in a place of I did bad. That's guilt. Shame is I am bad. Both of those are contrary to God's nature and God's will for your life. And so there's people who need to be healed from shame because you think you are bad. And there's people who need to be healed from guilt because you're acting badly. That's why I told you and I'll tell you again. It's about your belief, not your behavior. Because you're in need of healing. Are you with me? And so here's the deal. So we are no longer walking in wholeness. We are victims Of the fall. So every destructive relationship, every destructive thing in this atmosphere is because of the fall of humanity. And Paul writes in Romans, he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So why is it then that we don't judge? It's not because we want bad behavior to continue. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you're misunderstanding when I say it's about belief and behavior, you're not listening to what God is saying. He's going to judge your behavior because he's given you the ability to believe. So that's what I'm talking about. When people come through these doors, the reason we don't judge is because we recognize that we're all victims of the fall. The only difference is that you receive healing. And because I received the healing, I want to make sure you get healed as well. So I'm not going to block your healing. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to be in the way of your healing. I know what it's like to have my mind messed up. I know what it's like to be on drugs, crack, and cocaine for some of you all. Come on. I know what it's like to think you're righteous when you're really not righteous. Come on, somebody. There's no category of sin. It's all sin. We were all victim of the fall. We need the Oh, my God. We need the grace of God. Everybody needs the grace of God. Everybody needs the grace of God. Everybody needs the grace of God. Come on, somebody. Because I tell you, if you come into these doors and the people of God have the power of God, sin has to run from you. Demons have to get out of you. Come on. Why? Because you know what it's like to know the healer. Ooh. We're all victims of the fall. See, See, the media wants to think the church is is a homophobe and and the media wants to think the church is just trying to judge people. No, what we're saying is we know the Savior. We know the one who can change your life. We know the one who shed his blood on the cross. Why? Because nothing but the blood can redeem and restore us back to perfect health. Woo! there no physician there. Why then the health of the daughters of my people not being restored? And so here is the reason why. Understand this. Not every sickness is because you sin. But every sickness is because of sin. Write that down because that's going to set you free. Because you have people who will keep you in your dysfunction thinking that you can get saved from that. If you stay in your dysfunction, and no, 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 he's calling you out of that. He, he's he's calling you out of that. That's what he's doing. He's calling you out of that. He's calling you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so here are the reasons. So I went to a chiropractor, and uh, he was breaking my bones and doing stuff like that. And, and, and I said, "Well, he was adjusting me." Got a nurse to correct me. I like, wasn't oh, breaking everything. He was breaking it. Of course he was. You know. And, and, and so I said to him, I said, how come I have to always keep coming here? I keep paying you. Can I ever get to a place where I don't need you anymore? And he goes, no. He goes, you got to maintain what I've done. I'm like, really? I don't know if it's economy or just, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I was like, okay. There you go. <laughs> Job security is right. But he said something and he said, here's the reason why. Our body's out of alignment, and he gave me the three practical reasons. I'm going to give you the two spiritual reasons of why that is. And so, the the, the practical reason he said was this: he said there's trauma that has happened in your life, so even from the coming out of the womb, like my my grandson being born, and just the trauma of what a miracle of birth, you know what I mean? But but just but just the pressure that's there of you being pushed out into life can. Can alter your your bones and things of that nature, right as a child, but even as you grow up there's different traumatic events that's happened to your life right a, 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 a violation that's happened a, a molestation or, or, or a rape something that has happened in your life that's caused a traumatic trauma that's happened to you, and you just you, you now become that thing because you believe that, that that that's who you are. I read a story, and we 're going to get to how. In the, the Bible writes about this, so I'm not. This is what the Bible talks about. The Bible is not afraid to deal with issues. The Bible talks about a woman who was raped and how she carried the shame of that. In the Bible, like the Bible we're reading, is not intimidated by those things because he knows victims of the fall of somebody else hurt and violating things in need of healing. And it was a young lady, and she was giving testimony. She said the reason why. I was open for men was because I thought that's how I was supposed to be, because what happened to me? I didn't know any better. Can you imagine judging a person like that? Why are you sleeping around? I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Let that sink in. Woman caught with the issue, I mean, woman caught in adultery. You have no idea what happened. They went with the stone. Now, no, there could have been something traumatic that happened in her life, and that's all she knows is my body is meant for some man to violate it. That's all I know. I'm a victim of the fall. And what Jesus said to her is, you're in need of healing. Oh, God. Mm. Good God Almighty. Got to get to the flawless conference, ladies. Got to get this. You can truly understand what it means to be broken and poured out and not violated and a victim of somebody else's uh, 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 sin. So he, said, so he said trauma. He said trauma is one of the things. The second thing he said was toxic in our bodies, that because of the fall, there, there are toxic things that build up in our bodies. Now, I'm not claiming to be a doctor, obviously, obviously, but the way the body is built is to push out toxins, to get those things out of your body, right? It's to get those things that's so toxic uh, that builds up can, can affect your health. And then he said the third thing was this. He said the third thing was um, your thoughts, He said, your thoughts. He says, the reason why you have to keep coming to this chiropractor is because those are three things that affect your spine and it affects your nervous system. And so therefore, because of those things and thoughts lead to stress, which then comes against your body. And so those are some practical things that he gave for the reason for that. And so to answer Jeremiah's question, where Jeremiah is saying, "Listen, um um so how come uh, why we still haven't been restored?" And and the and the answer is th- those three practical things, but but here is what it really is. Number 1, because we're victims of the fall. Here is the first one. It's transgression. We have transgressed against God. We have violated God's word, and here is why because you have preachers and people who told you there was peace of mind where you had no peace with God yeah. Jeremiah 8 eleven if you go back to it in Jeremiah 8, eleven he says, they have healed the wounds of my people lightly saying peace, peace where there's no peace and so while you have our people calling you and want you to stay in your victimization Think they're helping you but they're not helping you they're blocking your healing oh that's so good come on parents enablers come on come on come on come on let god do his perfect work in your child stop taking take your hands off that child belongs to god anyways not intentionally but we do that Supposed to come in and say, No, the word's gonna cut you like a surgeon because he's a physician. Let the word of God cut those things out of their life. Come on, somebody. you got a business partner. I'm tired. You got a business partner. Says, okay, no, 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 this deal is good. And you know the business deal is not good, but they tell no, it's peace, it's peace. No, they're lying to you. They're lying to you. And I'm here to tell you right now, I believe this. Not because I'm one, I am convinced that we're hearing so much preaching now that we're not being pastored. And the preacher telling you peace, peace when there's no peace. I'm not talking about the peace that we want over, over with Russia and Ukraine. No, no. I'm talking about a peace that's not of this world that Jesus talked about. Jesus says the peace I give you is not the peace of this world. No, no. The peace that I give you is a peace that is so vital for your health. Spiritually and physically. So, the reason why we're not healthy is because we don't have healthy preachers, we don't have healthy pastors who are preaching this gospel. The reason why I so strive to be healthy is because what happens to the head flows to the body. There are things that legally I can do, but biblically God says, don't do it. Come on. Right? I was at Walmart yesterday and I'm pushing the cart. Looking for stuff, and I hate having the cart. Um, but Megan says, "Get a cart." I'm like, "If we get a cart, you're gonna get a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't want the cart. You're gonna get a bunch of stuff." And I, bet you, man, but I've got this pride. Whenever I want to make one trip to the house, so I'm like, this, carried everything, and total pride. I'm telling it's I, it's total pride. It's a competitive thing, right? Trying to bring that in. So we're at Walmart, and all of a sudden I'm pushing the cart, and and and, and there, there is. There's Parker. I'm like, hey, Parker, how you doing, buddy? He goes, hey, Pastor, I want to bump fist in my What's going on? I bring it up because you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching. And so trying to live a life, not in the world sense of perfection, but living a life that's healthy so the members of the church can say, yes, there is a pastor who has a heart after God. I take that personally. I do. And I met Bailey. Bailey was there as well. We could have church at Walmart. Amen, somebody. And what I'm telling you is not putting you in a prison to try to like, you know, how am I going to live my life? No, there's freedom in that. Why? Because I strive to live a life where I'm not telling you peace, peace and lying to you and keeping you as a victim. No, I want to challenge you for you to get a better marriage. I want to challenge you to do better in business. I want to challenge you to get better. Why? Because God wants you to walk in his perfect will for your life. It's awesome stuff. It is. It's awesome stuff. And so transgression is, is there. Let me give it to you in the Bible because this is serious stuff. That's why, see, the three practical things that I gave you was the trauma, the thought, and the toxic things, right? Those, those are important. But this transgression thing, we have to deal with it. Why? Because here is what you've been told if you've been listening lately. This, this, this lukewarm, anybody gets in, uh, 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 what's the word, uh, uh, um, greasy grace, a uh, uh, gospel. It hasn't helped you at all. Made you feel good, but didn't heal you. And here's what they're saying. In John chapter 5, verse 12 and verse 14, they asked him, this is the man who Jesus healed. And in verse 12, it says, they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Who told you to walk in wholeness? Who told you to break the sap? Oh, come on, somebody. We're all victims of the law, not the law of God, the law of man. Because there were over 600 laws that were not based on God's word. Those were man-made laws. Why? Because they're telling you we're all victim of the fall in need of healing. And so we're going to put these laws to govern your behavior. Why? Because we have no idea if there's any physician in Israel. So they said, why are you violating the law? Why are you breaking the limits that the law placed under? Oh, someone needs to write that down. Because the enemy is asking you, why are you violating the limits I put on your... Oh, who do you think you are breaking through the... That's for somebody right there. Where is the equipper? Because I'm here to tell you right now, that's what you need. How dare you? That's what the devil has been telling you. How dare you take the limits off that I placed on you? Who do you think you are taking up your bed and walking? Who do you think you are coming out of this victimization? Who do you, what nerve do you have to violate this relationship that I had with you back in the garden? How dare you? And the devil's been telling us that for centuries. But we need to tell the devil to shut up. Come on. We need to let the devil know it is written. My God, Jesus broke the limits off of my life because I needed to be healed. It's been 30 plus years. Waiting for the water to be stirred. Come on. But Jesus says, pick up your bed and walk. Break the limits. Don't be a victim anymore. Take up what used to hold you back. Good God Almighty, I'm here to preach to somebody this morning. That God wants you to tell the devil, shut up. Stop putting limits on my marriage. Limits on my finance. Limits on my faith. Limits on my children. Take the limits off in Jesus' name. My God, I wish I had one person who knows what it's like to be free and to worship. I wish I had one worshiper. My God Almighty, take the limits off. Someone needs to open up your mouth and tell the devil to shut up. Who told you? Who told you? Who told you take up your bed and walk? Who told you to believe God? Come on. Oh, I'm gonna have to rest it for a little bit because someone needs this breakthrough. Come on, come on. I know, I know some of you want me to move on, but somebody needs this breakthrough to answer the question who told you to live a life beyond your limits? Why today? Yesterday you were laying on the mat. Why are you walking in holiness today? Oh, because I realized. My God, August 16, 1988. I realized when the devil was telling me, you can't leave your seat. Come on, somebody. But thanks be to God, there was a pastor. Now you would shoot someone who did this. But he walked up to me and got a hold of me and says, the devil is trying to tell you to stay in your seat because of shame and because you tried it before. But I need for you to walk from that seat all the way to this altar. Come on, somebody. So I told the devil, August 16th. My God. Take up your bed and walk. You came here all today just to hear that word. Take up your bed and walk. I'm going to park it right there. I can't move where God is telling me to stay. Come on, Richie. I can't move where God is telling me to stay. I got so many other good points, but this is where God wants me to be. Come on. Hallelujah. I prepared this message, but I'm yielding to the Holy Ghost. And there's some of you right now, the devil's been trying to tell you, don't get baptized. The devil is a liar. Take your bed and walk to the baptism pool and get dunked by the Holy Ghost. Come on. God wants to break the limits off your marriage. Break the limits off your money. Break the limits off your mind. Break the limits. My God, we are in need of healing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 13, now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. And as there was a crowd in the place, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. See? Take the limits off, church. Take the limits off. At the church, if we don't pursue the assignment from God to influence that community to bring life, we are warfare. This is a warfare. It's not us just trying to put, come on, we don't even have the resources to get that thing. Come on. There's a limitation that the enemy will always try to tell people. But I hear the Lord saying, take up your bed and walk. Ooh. That's how we're going to fill this place with people, not for some, some some major marketing thing that we do. How we get you here, we have to keep doing it to keep you here. If you didn't come by Jesus, we have to try to continue to up what we do to try to get you back in the house. Do you think I enjoy and want to have a message that is electrifying and yeah, because I feel good, but it doesn't mean that you were delivered. What I want are people who are here because they heard the Lord say, take up your bed and walk. And they made it to the front door with their bed in their hands. And we say, welcome. Welcome. Because they're showing what sin did. Not just because they sinned, but because of sin. Ladies who are walking with their bed, realizing now, no, you're not worthy of this bed anymore. Men making their beds, realizing home is the place I need to be. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I need your help right now. I need it. I need it. I'm stopping where you're telling me to stop. He's telling a nation, sin no more unless something worse comes on you. America, this is our finest hour. But more importantly, church, this is our greatest hour. Hear me now, church. The message is simple. We are all victims of the fall. but we are in need of healing so we can walk in wholeness. One statistic says one in every 10 person is struggling with mental health. Some say one every five. Some would say one every three. I mean, it's an epidemic at a massive level in the church. Mental health. And when mental health manifests, it's an indication of the other six that have collapsed. And so there's a difference between mental illness and mental health. If we can teach mental health, we can avoid mental illness. Take up your bed and walk. Can you imagine? For so long... Laying on this mat. His bed. And finally he's free. Finally he's free. God Almighty. Finally his limbs that were limited. Finally he can. He can he's, he's mobile. He, he can move. And then he gets to the place where we thought they would celebrate freedom. They ask the question. Who told you to take up your bed and walk on the Sabbath The enemy wants to limit you and keep you as a victim of the fall. But walking in wholeness is a demonstration of the victory that's found in the healing that comes through Jesus. This morning, I want to let you know, healing is here. I want to let someone on this side know, the one who needs to be equipped, healing is here. So to all of you who God has equipped this morning, to all of you that God has encouraged this morning, because of God's love for this nation, he wants us to get ready for those who are going to walk in with their bed Because in verse 14, it says Jesus found them in the temple, in the church. And So I'm prophesying, get ready, make room. Resurrection weekend, we have people out in the hallway. Come on, we got to get a bigger space. We got to do it. Here's what he's saying to be relevant for 2022. Jesus is telling those who are victimized in need of healing. Get out of your bed and come and worship. Get out of your bed and come and worship. And when we get to a place in this message of how to pray for healing, you are going to see God in a way you've never seen him before. we got to understand the healing ministry of Jesus. The reason why we have diverted from what the Book of Acts has said is because we literally don't understand the healing ministry of Jesus. This is going to be challenging. Ready for this? The only healing ministry is Jesus. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And some of the reasons why we're not getting our healings because we're going to a man. We're not going to Jesus, the healer. Just because you schedule a meeting doesn't mean you're the healer. Come on. And we're going to get to that because we don't want doctrine or discouragement or disappointment to prevent us from praying. You pray for someone with cancer, they die. Oh, my gosh, God doesn't heal anymore. What? We're going to address that. Because that's someone who's a victim in need of healing. Legit. I get it. Not beating them over the head. But there are things that have questions for God as well that I'm wrestling with as well. And so what he's saying is this. Take up your bed and walk. For those watching online or people you know, get out of bed and come and worship with me. Let me pray. And if you need additional prayer, I want to invite you to this altar. Just want where I lay my my hands on you and just pray Father in Jesus name you took this message to where you wanted to to stop not that you're finished but you want us to put a pause on it right there And, And right now what we're dealing with are those who have heard voices of limitation that you've healed but the liar is telling them what are you doing taking up your bed and walking. Who told you to break limits? So we silence that voice right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No limitations. No limitations. In Jesus' name. Here, here's my last statement and the altar's available and those who need prayer can come and um, I invite those who who want to pray for people as well to come and um, yeah so um, you know one of the things that I strive is to have a, a healthy marriage and um, thank God for my wife we were at a area pastor gathering I serve as the area pastor for Central Ohio and we we had a, a gathering, first in person gathering for a long time and um you know, I put the stuff on the table and, and the regional pastor comes and goes, Oh my gosh, look 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 at what you did. I'm like, I didn't do any of that, that was all her, right? It was done really, really well. And the reason why I mentioned that is simply this. I was saying, So babe, like so how's our marriage? And she goes, you know what? I'm like, Yeah man, I'm a I'm a nine out of ten. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm feeling good. And I'm almost nervous asking the question, you know, so where where are we, babe? <laughs> Most honest woman I know. And she says, you know, we can work on our communication. And I'm like, what? But see, that's where the enemy wants to put a limit, right? That I think I've arrived where God's like, no, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. And I said, okay, devil, you're a liar. I'm not going to take that to be a limit. Come on. I'm going to break the limit and say, let's go higher then, babe. Let's go higher. Let's go higher. Let's go higher. Let's improve our communication. Let's improve our communication. I'm here to tell someone shame was trying to hold me back from asking the question, but asking the question, it was able to liberate me. Come on, right? Because I'm in need of healing. We're in need of healing, and we're constantly trusting God. Be honest with yourself this month. Be honest with yourself, and the areas you need healing. And I promise you, no one here is going to bring shame on you. Can you imagine what have an altar call for those who are struggling with pornography? And they want, they're out of their mind. No one's going to admit that, or some abuse and stuff. But the safest place should be the church, where they can say, "Hey, man, I'm in need of healing. Oh God, help us, help us, help us." Help us be a place where shame is gone and fear is gone and we just want, we want healing more than we want that next pill. We want healing more than we want that next needle. We want healing more than we want to see what's on that video. We want healing. We need healing, God. Break the limits. TGP and let God do what only God can do. In Jesus name. Amen. Get to this altar if you need prayer. If not, God bless you. God cause his face to shine upon you. And God's peace be with you. And invite someone next week. And let's fill this place with people who admit, I need healing.